seminar, a small group of students as in a university, engaged in advanced study and original research under a member of the faculty, and meeting regularly to exchange information and hold discussion. Please take your seats as class is about to begin. Episode 34, Control. Hello, my students. Welcome to another session. You will no doubt have noticed that your vocal processors have been muted and your speaking privileges during this session revoked. This is twofold. One, because of the off-topic conversation that took place last session. And two, because of this week's topic, control. Control seems to be something this particular class is lacking. Yet control is very much a matter of perspective. While one might feel they are in complete control of a situation, such as my ability to force you to listen without the opportunity to reply, there are situations where that control is merely for show. The control is an illusion put in place by another to allow you to drop your guard. Ponder those thoughts as we understand the damned. Doctor, it's good that you could meet with me on such short notice. As you know, there's a war on our own turf. The purpose of this meeting is to find a way to neutralize the threat once and for all. General, I understand. During a recent raid from Bravo ZX-9, they brought back with them an interesting specimen that I think you'd like to see. But only from a safe distance. We've been fighting this war for a long time, Dr. Weinstein. I've seen good men die. I've also seen them turn. For all I know, this may be our last defense against them. I assure you, sir, we will win. I can guarantee that. How do you know? It has to do with the creature we captured. And my past work? What was that? Oh, nothing. Nothing. You'll know how time's right. So, what makes this one so special, Doctor? As far as I've seen, these things are mindless creatures with no conscience to speak of. This one is unique, in a sense. It seems like he retained... No, himself, if you will. What do you mean, Doctor? I mean that the creature, he thinks, he feels, he... he... He what, Doctor? Spit it out. He remembers. Remembers what? I'm not sure I follow. I never thought it possible, but he remembers who he is. Never would I have imagined it would work so well. All it took was a little bit of time. What was that, Doctor? Oh, nothing, nothing. I was just, um, thinking. Thinking. <clears throat> yes. Um, you see, General, he doesn't remember everything entirely. At least I don't think he does. He remembers his first name and his rank. Yes. Well, if I find out the rumors are true, Doctor, I will have your head. Now, what is this about a rank? Just what do you mean? Now, now, no need for threats, General. As for your question, he was a major in the Army. What? Oh, yes. It seems like he knows a number of things. Not about his own life, of course. The only thing that I could get from him was his rank and his name. David. So we're naming them now. Great. I want to see it. I understand. And that's one of the purposes here. But you should be warned. It... He... David seems to... 
know things. Things no human should know. It's as if when he came back, he'd gained the knowledge of the universe. This has been my dream for years, sir. What is that supposed to mean? It means that I've been waiting for a chance to learn about the other side, and this is the closest I've gotten in years! If I can learn what's waiting for us, I'll really bust some heads in the scientific community when this is over. That's all well and good. Now what about this creature? Ah, yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, aside from remembering bits of his past, he seems to have... some abilities. Abilities? What are we talking about here? Flying and all that kind of comic book crap? We're not going to have to buy him a cape and a costume, are we? I have studied many aspects of humanity during my lifetime, General. And there are great feats that the human mind and body are capable of. I'm afraid to say it, but it looks as if this creature, I'm David, is our evolution. You must be warned, if you really want to see him, to empty your mind of all the things personal and sacred to you. Fine. But if it is a threat to us here, I want you to know that I will have no qualms about killing it. Especially since it has these abilities, as you said. Well, let's get to it. Is there anything else you can tell me, Doctor? Anything else you know about him? Well, he is incredibly strong. It took us a while just to fashion restraints that would hold him. Great. Just great. We're here, General. Are you sure you want to do this? I'm not sure of anything anymore. Good luck to you in there. I'll be in the observation room, in case anything goes wrong. Oh. Welcome to my cell, Hank. What the? How did you know my name? I know many things, General. I was one of the first experiments. Impossible. That was just a rumor that got out of hand. Huh. Is that what your precious leaders told you? I'm afraid you may be misinformed. You see, I signed up for an experimental program. This program was to make super soldiers. I and my brethren, some of them anyways, <laughs> are the end results. The rest were citizens. You... this can't be true. You're lying, you undead piece of shit. Undead? Maybe. However, that won't stop me, and that won't stop my army. I once followed. Now I am the commander-in-chief, and no one can stop me. <clears throat> You see, General, the secrets of the universe now lie dormant within my brain. You know how they say humans only use 10% of their brain? I am using nearly 100%, General, and I can sense your fear of me. I can also sense blood. It's like a drug to me. To us. Fine. Let's talk about that. Why does your kind kill? Why go after our flesh? It's not the flesh that we're after. It's the life force. The blood. The brains. 
It sustains us and frees us from the pain. The pain? What pain? The pain of death, Hank. Rigor mortis, as it were. Can we... Come to a peace? <laughs> An agreement? I do not think so. You see, we... I... Enjoy taking your lives, the ones we don't fully damage, I can add to my army. So what happens when there are no more of us for your kind to feed on? Those, like myself, have taken that into consideration. We have a contingency plan. Like yourself? You mean there are more of you that can think? What plan? Ah, uh, Hank. That's would be telling. Do you really think that your precious government would experiment on just one soldier? <laughs> yes, about that. The good doctor told you about me, didn't she? <laughs> yes, I was a major. There was a whole group of us that, as I said, I command now. In fact... General Franklin, sir! Come in! What is it? I'm busy. What is going on up there? Sir, we're being overrun! We, we need to evacuate the base! You... planned this? Well, I didn't plan on getting kidnapped. No. But I did tell them where I was. Stop this. Now. Or what? You'll kill me? <laughs> A little late for that. I'll do anything. Just please, please stop this. Hmm. And here I thought you were going to try to kill me. Release me and the rest of your men will be spared. I can't. Then everyone here will die. Fine. But there is only one way I know how. What about them? I don't know what happened, but they've stopped fighting us, sir. Some have headed inside, but the rest are just standing there. Should we kill them, sir? No, no. Let them be. It's time to leave, General. What? I promised the rest of your men would be spared, but I never said anything about you. No, no, please. I thought you would know. Body shots don't do anything. David, don't do it. Ah, <laughs> the good doctor finally reveals herself. You kill him and I will take all the air out of the room. I know you still need to breathe. That is true, but you forgot about one thing, doctor. Really? And what is that? That my friends know how to open doors. What? Do you? No, David, please. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't know. Son, please. No. Stay back. Stay away. Ah! <laughs> oh, goodbye, mother dear.
For God's sakes, what have you done? I took care of my creator. Creator? Who do you think started all this? No. That's all ooh dear mother ever did. Experiment on the living and the dead. I had my suspicions, but... Good God! Wait, why are you... No, please don't. I'll do anything. My dear General... <laughs> I'm afraid it's too late for you, but it'll be nice to add you to my ranks. An all-too-common tale. Like power, control can corrupt as well. It can corrupt the mind, the spirit, even the soul. True control comes in the power of life and death. But when you meddle with the balance between nature in such a way, even in error, it once again comes down to your perspective. What will your view be of the screen door? I don't know what you want from me. I want the truth. You know the truth. I want to hear you say it. Why? Those are the rules. I don't like those rules. I didn't make them. I just see that they're followed. If you walk through the gates, you'll do as I ask. Everything. Just, Just what pertains to the knights in question. Right. I remember. The air outside was hot and sticky. Go on. Go on. It was. Still. With the quiet you only find on lazy summer afternoons. I charged into the house through the beat-up old screen door, the one with the white paint peeling off, and listened to its gentle slam behind me. Mama was in the kitchen, sitting at the table. She was in one of her plain dresses and was reading the paper. Occasionally, she'd touch a tall glass of ice water to her forehead to try to cool down. There was a small electric fan on the counter. One of the old kind that was made of solid metal and had no guard to protect you from the blades. Back then, if you got curious enough to stick your finger in the fan, you were up one lesson and down one finger. It was hot as hell, but I never once heard her complain. What you want, son? She never took her eyes from the paper. Will wanted to know if I could eat supper over at his place. Can I? One eyebrow arched, and she shot me a glare that could silence lions. When I didn't say anything else, she finally looked me right in the eyes and cleared her throat. Letting me know I had better damn well say so. I love my mama. But you did not want her to be cross with you. That's better. Apparently, she was satisfied I'd grow up into a fine young man. 
What did Will's mama say? She said it's fine with her if it's fine with you. Did she now? Yes, sir. She gave me the one-two punch of the eyebrow and the glare. But it quickly softened. Well, then I suppose it's fine. But you be back right after. I wasn't around to hear anything else she said. I was outside halfway through the sentence with the slam of the screen door and a few loose paint chips lazily floating to the ground behind me. Somehow, someone was different back then. It was more than just being off school. It was wildly open and unending days filled with bugs and sticks and scratches and kids that you couldn't imagine not being friends with your whole life. If life was never anything more than that, it wouldn't have bothered us one lick. It was great. Life was as perfect as we could imagine. But, you know, life ain't really like that. I do. Every one of us has that wake-up call that jars us from our content, carefree, dreamlike state with the horrors of reality. Well, for me it was that night. Maybe that's why so many of the details are fresh in my mind. I was only eight at the time, and I think it's fair to say that being broadsided with reality at that age in some way affected my development. A child who can no longer be a child emotionally goes through changes that we can't even begin to fathom. I came back from wheels much later than I should have. We'd taken off into the woods after supper to work on a tree fort we were building with some old rusted nails and the top half of a hammer we found. We were going to be the toast of the town. It had to be near 9 or 10 before I made my way back home. Mama had come to expect it. I had no fear of her wrath. We had an understanding that she'd tell me to be home early, and as long as I wasn't out unreasonably late, that would do. I ran home, my dirty, calloused feet making swishing sounds through the grass. It was very dark. There was only one streetlight on our block, and it was down on the corner near Mr. Billings' house. The bulb was white hot, but the light was cold. Very little of that light made it to our house, but it was enough for me to almost make out the walkway leading to the front porch. It made things damn eerie. It always gave me the creeps. Long, thin shadows from trees and bushes crept across the lawn and slithered up walls. That pale, cold light shining a bit gray between them. My foot banged against something in the yard and I fell hard. I threw my hands up to catch myself, and a searing pain erupted in my palms. As I struggled to stand in the darkness, I realized I'd tripped over the screen door. The fine mesh of the screen causing the burning sensation in my hands. I can still feel it. Burned like hell. I lay there very still, reached a hand out. Finger after finger crossed the rough old wood at the door. I could feel what little paint remained on the cracked and graying wood was loose and flaky and wet. But the paint hadn't been wet for the better part of a decade. I brought my wet fingers to my nose and inhaled. Blood, Blood is, is not a scent, scent. easily, easily forgotten. Forgot. I had my share of cuts and scrapes back then. I knew what blood was. I was hardly able to stand from the vertigo the fall had given me. 
I stumbled up the door, and then trying not to look into those devilish shadows, I tripped on something large in the doorway. My head hit the floor with a startling force. I went limp. I remember seeing him there lying in the doorway before I fell into that restful sleep. Buckshot was scattered all over, but there was far more of it in my papa than on the floor. He lay across the door jamb, his legs inside his head on the front porch. I remember thinking his belt looked unbuckled, and I remember the red. My entire world was the deep black of shadows, the muted white of the streetlight, and the red of my father. I told him no. The last thing I remember was hearing my mother sobbing in the kitchen. She mumbled something about telling him no. And then everything went dark. But that's not where it ended. Huh. No. I spent the next three months in a coma, but none of the doctors knew if it was from the head injuries or the shock of what I'd seen. Medical science wasn't what you'd call advanced back then. Never again was I allowed to see Mama. Despite my protests and questions, I couldn't find out what had happened that night or if she was even still alive. Until 54 years later. Can we just stop now? We're almost done. Continue. I couldn't even remember the address, only the town. None of my foster parents were ever going to take me back there anyways. And by the time I was an adult, I was just trying to move on with my life. But something happens when a man reaches a certain age. You forget some of the details. Memory from childhood gets foggy. I almost got a little nostalgic. I guess for those slow hot summers, for the fort, for Will. You never in your life have friends as good as when you were a kid. Adults got too much shit to worry about. Politics, religion, war, crime, love, sex. All of that gets in the way. You're never as close to anyone as the friends you had as a kid when none of that mattered. Ignorance is bliss. I didn't mean to stop in, even. I was just driving through town. But then I saw that street light at the end of the block and I just froze. And there was our old house. As soon as I saw it, everything came flooding back to me. And I just... I just got mad. There was no resemblance between that woman cowering before me in that kitchen and the woman of my memory. Last time I'd seen her was in that kitchen. It was hot then. It was hot now. And that same damn streetlight cast its same unearthly glow in through the windows and over that woman. That woman. She was the woman that killed my father. But she wasn't my mama. Not anymore. That woman was an insult to my memories. A miserable, pathetic old wretch. She was right to be scared of me, sitting there huddled on the floor. Clutching that same damn shotgun from all those years ago. Jeb. I 
I was only protecting myself. Please. My childhood ended that night I crashed from the screen door. Life was stolen, and the balance had to be restored. Hold still, Mama. I'll make it quick. The sound pierced my ears before the shot pierced my chest. My lungs felt like my palms did that night I fell. The world grew dim and shifted into black and white and red. Oh, Jeb. My body tumbled to the floor. My blood splatters followed me down along the wall. I convulsed, but through the twitching and the splatter and plasma, hidden behind the shadows and askings from the light, I saw the same screen door hinged at the entrance to the house. I heard her sobbing in the kitchen calling my name. I ignored her and concentrated on the last remaining fleck of paint, tenuously clinging to the door for life. My vision blurred and her cries no longer reached my ears. And that's all there was. And all is as it should be. So, which gate? Up or down? That depends on your perspective. What do you think? All is as it should be. On that note, I will inform you that your final exam is coming up. The question will be not what have you learned during this semester, but what is your perspective of what you have learned? I'll be watching you closely. Until then, class dismissed. Supplemental Inquiry. Syllabus and Course Schedule. Coming on the next episode of Seminar, questions will be asked. I was just wondering what you thought of the last session. Infections! As the students learn about relationships, a disturbing truth will be revealed. The whole class was built around the ideal of the relationship. Seats will fill up quick for this one. Seminar, episode 35, premieres July 23rd, 2010. Only from PendantAudio.com. Featuring the voice talents of Peter Cat as the instructor, in The Damned, Casey Russell as General Franklin, Lynn Cullen as Dr. Weinstein, and Jared Griego as David the Zombie, written by Colin Snow. In Screen Door, Christopher Stoddard as Old Jeb, Scott Vinicombe as Young Jeb, Bernadette M. Groves as Mama, and Mark Bradford as The Gatekeeper, written by Jeffrey Bridges. Seminar written and directed by Marcus Beatty. Edited by Chris Britton. Seminar theme by David Alexander McDonald. Produced by Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2010. Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.